Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Is there something else you're searching for? I'll fall in. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald is here, the one P that you can always count on. And I have another guest P along with me this week. And it's a dude that I love, man. He has been on this show four or five times right around there. And we chat online all the time. He's just a great guy. I've been on his show before as well. But Peter is back. Petey Pablo, as I like to call him, from Podstalgic, Cobra Kai Companion, and just the world. Just being an awesome dude. What's up, Pete? Welcome back, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Always a pleasure to work with you. Uh, you also forgot that I'm also the one other person in the entire world that has seen Tough Turf along uh, with you. I know. <laughs> Tough Turf's not going to really apply for the list we're doing tonight, but I guess we, no, should, we should start every conversation that we record talking about Tough Turf. At the very uh, least, every episode <laughs> I come back on for. <laughs> if for no other reason, because I know Justin Winters just wants to hear us talk about it. So, I mean, uh, I'm gi- I've given the man the link from YouTube. The, the, the entire movie is on YouTube. There's no reason that he couldn't watch it. This guy's driving me nuts. Uh, well, Pete, welcome back, man. You know, it's, it's always a thrill to have you on the show. And I pitched this particular topic to you a couple weeks ago. And uh, why don't you tell everyone real quick, what's the top five list we're doing this evening, buddy? Uh, let me see. We're, or, we're doing movies about music. Or yes. Or uh, perhaps includes music, not musicals. Not musicals, so it's the top five music movies, top five movies about music. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So I've already done a musicals episode, mm-hmm. uh, movie musicals, I mean, like on the big screen theatrically. So what did, what did you, when you were coming up with your list, was this like kind of hard to decipher the difference or did, were you kind of like, oh, okay, I get it now. How was building this list for you? I don't think it was difficult. Um, I think with any uh, list, what's what's most difficult is narrowing them down. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty easy to differentiate uh, between music movies and musicals because, well, is there a group of them singing, taking turns, and ha- have a dance number? You know, if it's not, then I, I wouldn't call yeah. that a music movie. That would be a musical. Right. So, that's, it's funny you say that because that's kind of what I thought too. I was kind of like, okay, yeah. are people breaking out into song? Like instead of having dialogue, then that's right. a, then that's a musical. So music movies, you know, and don't give away any titles, obviously, Pete, until we get into our list. But I mean, for me, it's like, you know, biopics about musicians or mm-hmm. or movies that are, uh, you know, very heavily weighted in some type of band or artist that relies heavily on music. I don't know. It's kind of like music is almost like a, a star in the particular film that we're mentioning or that I'm going to be mentioning. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, uh, if not anything, it's a character itself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So when you were coming up with this list, too, that's an interesting point because you've been on my show before to talk about movies, but you've also been on to talk about music before because I do a little bit of both. 
Yeah. So when you were making your, you know, five to 10 or so here, was it more because of the movie or was it because of the music from the movie? A what little bit of both, actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one in particular, I'm just, you know, kind of glancing over my top five. Uh, one of them is just the story, right. you know, and it, 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 music is a, a thing in the story. Um, and then the rest of it, I'm, again, just kind of looking through, I, I think, might be a lot of it is probably the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it, really. Yeah, I well, guess it comes out I to got, the music. I'm looking at my ten, and the reason I ask is because of the ten that I chose to go with. Let me count them real quick: uh, one, two, three, four, six of the ten are soundtracks that I still listen to today. Okay, All and right. some and some of these movies go back to the '80s. So sure, and I still pump some of these soundtracks. So I think it's a little bit of both for me too. But the movies are great. I mean, I just. You'll see when we get into my list, but a lot of mine are, are based in reality, too, and based on true events. So that always really intrigues me. And uh, the soundtracks are awesome on all of my, like I said, six out of ten of them, I own the soundtracks. So I'm excited to see what you, what you came up with here, Peter. I don't know about crossover for us. You and I tend to kind of agree uh, hmm. when, it, when it comes to movies. I don't know. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? You want to give a guess on over under for crossover in the top five? Do you think we'll have any? Let's see. Ooh, top five. That's that's a tough one. If you went with all ten, that that might be easier. Well, we can but... say ten then. What do you think? Okay. We'll cross over on ten. What do you think? Of the ten, I'm going to guess at least two. I <laughs> say two as well. Yeah. I, I think I know one for you for sure. Okay. And then the other one I'm going to throw out there just because it's kind of zeitgeisty and kind of popular. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking two as well. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I and and I try to maybe not necessarily mix up my top five, but I try to throw in some others that maybe people wouldn't have considered a top five, but I threw it in just because, and I I may or may not have a story behind it. Well, I'm sure you do, but it's a personal list too. I mean, you know, we yeah. always do that. It's a personal list. I've had people yeah. I've had people send me message on Twitter like. Why the hell was that? And I'm like, this is my favorite. Like, yeah. I mean, I get that Siskel and Ebert didn't like it, but I mean, it's my favorite, you know? So, hey, the heart like, loves what it loves, right? That's right, brother. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. All right, so Peter, Petey Pablo from Podstalgic is here. Mm. We're going to count down our top five music movies. Peter, I'm going to let you go first. You're the guest, man. What is your number five and why? All right, uh, my number five, I actually came onto it a a little bit later. This one came out in 1995, and um, the first time I heard about it is actually it is filmed and takes place in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I was like, oh, you know, I hadn't seen this movie. I watched it, fell in love, and anybody that has... Um, yeah, I, I think if you had a mentor of any type, whether it be a band teacher or a choir teacher, uh, that has, you know, anything that has to do with music, I, I think you can enjoy this movie. And it's very much a love letter to those type of people, uh, those influences in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm t- talking about Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah, this is one that came up on some fan feedback, which we'll talk mm. about later. Okay. I want I want to hear why you picked it, but the reason that it's not on my list is because I have not seen this in forever. Like I saw it come up on a couple lists, and I'm like, I need to watch that because I cannot remember. I mean, I remember I liked it, 
but I can't remember any of the plot developments in this film. So why did this one end up making your list? Well, this uh, w- what I think is, uh, you know, it, it spans over, I forget exactly how long, whether it's two or three decades of Mr. Um, Mr. Holland's, you know, uh, teaching career mm-hmm. and just, you know, the different t- uh, types of students that he touches, you know, in, in their life and becoming uh, just this inspiration to them. At one point, you know, he you, you feel that he loses uh, touch with his wife and his son who is deaf um it's just in a very emotional story and uh there, there's a part where he there, there's a student where you almost think that he might have a thing with but um mm-hmm. he ends mm-hmm. up just being like a really good dude and it's just his passion and love for music and he never is able to uh i think he wanted to actually compose a piece and he just never got around to it because of life mm-hmm. um and at the very end of the movie it's just this beautiful moment of everyone that uh he has taught and you know they they've had like actors playing like the aged up version of you know these past students and just playing all together you know just this big love letter uh to to teachers Okay. Well, I need to, like I said, I need to revisit it. I mean, I, I'm sorry that I can't give any more commentary on it, but when yeah. I saw that, when I saw the feedback, it was the same reaction where I was like, Oh, I bet that's it. I bet that should be on my list. Yeah. I just, you know, I can't remember it. So, uh, Mr. Holland's opus, that's, uh, Richard Dreyfus, right? That's right. Is um, yeah, yeah. he was nominated for both the Golden Globe and, uh, the Academy Award for Best yeah, Actor. Yeah. I was going to so, say, I felt like he got a lot of accolades for that role. So, yeah. I need to go back to it, but good pick, man. So to get you started is Mr. Holland's opus. So my number five is much different. And, you know, you said a moment ago during the intro that there's a couple movies on your list that you may have thrown on there because they're kind of dark horses and people need to kind of seek them out. And that's definitely the case with my number five, at least at least in my opinion. I honestly don't know how it fared critically. I haven't even (laughs) checked, to be honest. I just know that I loved it and I bought it on Blu-ray like after I saw it. But it's a movie from 2010, so it's 10 years old, uh, called The Runaways. Mm. Tim Fowley, record producer. You heard of me. Have I? I like your style. A little Bowie, a little Bardot, a look on your face that says I could kick the shit out of a truck driver. Joni, this is Joan Jett. You are? Cherie. Cherie. Cherie what? Curry. Cherie Curry. Is that your real name? Well, Cherie Curry, do you sing or play a musical instrument? Yeah. Yeah, I can sing. I want a talent show lip singing to the Bowie. Why? Why? Asked the maybe great Cherie Curry. Read my lips. We love your look. We are choosing you to be a part of rock and roll history. Do you want to be in the band? It's uh, bombs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's based on the band, The Runaways, from the '60s and '70s. And uh, I, I mean, <laughs> Kristen Stewart gets a bad rap. Are you a, are you a fan of hers? I love her. Like you know, um, I, she, I mean, she's. I, I don't even want to say a hit or miss because I feel there's actually a lot more that I like of her. Okay. Um, I, I think if anything, it's like the Twilight movies that that kind of irk me. But you know, it's whatever. But I, yeah, the Cherry I mean, Bombs is that the name of the? It's a song. That's the Cherry name of the song. Bombs. The song is the part, song. Of the, okay. part of their most That's popular song. The Runaways is the actual name of the group as well. That's but, right. Okay. But yeah, it was founded by Cherry Curry, who's portrayed by Dakota Fanning in the movie. Which That's right. They're both actually. Really good. Actually, ironically, 
uh, Dakota Fanning's come up on like the last three episodes I've done in three different movies. Mm. So I mentioned her in Man on Fire on our Revenge movies list. That's right. I That's mentioned right. her in uh, War, of, War of the Worlds on our Tom Cruise list, which hasn't okay. aired as, as we're talking here, but I, we talked about that movie. And now I'm mentioning her in The Runaways. And I also love Kristen Stewart, as I said. And Michael Shannon is one of the best actors working today. And he plays mm-hmm. kind of that slimy, villainous role in this movie of the, of the music agent uh, and the record producer kind of role in this movie. And he's not a good guy. He's really seedy and kind of taking advantage of them because obviously they're young girls and they don't know what they're doing. But it's just it's it's a sex, drugs and rock and roll story. But it's told from a female empowerment perspective and from a female uh, view because it's a female director and it's a female group. Uh, So it's a really interesting take on that kind of sex, drugs, and rock and roll biopic story that we don't typically see. It's usually through the male gaze, uh, whether the artists themselves are male or the director might be male or, you know, whatever the case may be. So this was kind of the same story, but told from a different point of view. And they were badass, man. I mean, I can remember my dad jamming out to the records of the Runaways in the seventies, and and well, in the eighties, because that's when I remembered it. But I mean, they were they were around when he was a kid, and he would play the records for me. And I, it's just, it's I love women that that rock, man, that kick ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Joan Jett and Sherry mm-hmm. Curry, you know, forming the Runaways were the epitome of what became kind of a revolutionary thing for women in rock and roll in the nineteen seventies. So. If you haven't seen it, guys, and you like music biopics, I would say seek out The Runaways and check it out. It's actually streaming right now on Amazon Prime. So have you seen awesome. it, Pete? Yeah, I saw it when it first came out. These were the days of the uh, the three Netflix DVDs. I mill one out, I get a brand oh, new yeah, one. Oh, yeah, okay. All so, right. yeah, I, I had that da- that formula down. Um, but, yeah, it was a deviation for Kristen Stewart, um, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, you know, she'd done Twilight, uh, pr- possibly Zathura uh, might have already been out. Panic Room obviously was one of her first movies. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really did enjoy her portrayal of Joan Jett, the very little that I've actually seen uh, Joan Jett like in anything. So um, I thought she did great. You know, it, it, it wasn't like, oh, God, she's just being Kristen Stewart from Twilight, you know. So right. I, I do remember that. And, you know, I, I give her a chance. I, I don't I, I don't know what the hate is. I don't Maybe either. It's from I don't Twilight. either. I, I mean, I know, I know she has a very dry sensibility, and and I get that, and I think, and I mean, let's be honest, I hated her in Twilight too, but <laughs> okay. if you ask her, she hated herself in Twilight. I mean, she oh, didn't, sure. I believe you it. know. <laughs> now she's going to be a millionaire for the rest of her life because of Twilight. Yeah. Uh, so it it just always kind of irks me. Same thing with Robert Pattinson, who's who's now going to be Batman, and his career is obviously just matured and and gotten better and better with every performance I've seen him in as well. But it just kind of irks me because it's like, you know, if somebody called me right now and said, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars if I can put your podcast episode on some cheesy, you know, teen YouTube channel or whatever. You don't think I'm going to take a million dollars? Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it just always kind of drives me crazy. I don't think that Twilight, you know, like disavows her acting ability in any way. And yeah. I'm a, I'm an apologist for her, and I get that. I, I but I do love her, and I thought she was great as Joan Jett in this movie. So I think this is a, one of those situations where people just needs to hate the game, not the player. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you're right. All right, so the Runaways, check it out, guys. If you like music biopics, please check it out. It's underseen for sure. All right, man, we're up to you. What's your number four, buddy? All right, my number four is a biopic that is loosely based on the experiences of the writer. And in the past year or so, I have been able to relate to the story uh, even more so. And it's Almost Famous, directed 
by Cameron Crowe. Nice crossover. This is the one that there I it thought. Is. There yeah, this is, is the yeah. one that this is coming up later on my top five. So go ahead. Yeah, came out two thousand one, my senior year. Obviously, it's a story about um, uh, I'm forgetting Patrick Fugit's character name in here. It's it. Honest, I'll be honest. It's been Me a while too. since I've seen it, but I have seen it a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows I am Golden God, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everybody has fantasized about tagging along, you know, your idols and just living it up without sure. a worry in the world. Um, you know, you you introduced me as also a host of Cobra Kai Companion. Mm-hmm. I never thought uh, I would be where I am today, where I am on first name basis with the creators who yes. have crazy yeah. invited me down to Atlanta to visit the set. Uh, invited me down to LA to uh, hang out with them in their Sony office. You know, and yeah. each time I was just like, hey, I'm going to be in town. You guys want to meet up for a drink? Hey, why don't you come down and visit the set? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, so what are you going to do? Um, and, now, and now, now just imagine if it was in the 70s with cocaine and strippers <laughs> flying around on chandeliers. You know what I mean? And hell, <laughs> it could be 2020 and we're still doing that shit. Yeah, I don't know. But um, you know, these, oh, these guys man. are just cool as hell. And and I, I felt, you know, like a friend. They, they do treat me like a friend. You know, when I post a, a birthday post or a, an anniversary post, they, they all wish me you know happy birthday and happy anniversary how fucking cool is that that's great you know so you know you so you again you you're watching through the eyes of one william miller is his character name as Mm -hmm. he follows along is it stillwater i believe is the name of the group that's right yeah Mm -hmm. the music is amazing cameron crowe and his wife um I'm forgetting his wife's name too, but they they wrote they co-wrote the music together. And when you when I first watched that movie, you you cannot believe that this is all fictional. Like the, it sounds like very familiar songs. Uh, is the right. other thing. So it's just it's fe- it feels very grounded and it feels real world to me. Right. I love this movie, man. It's coming up later on my list. So I'll save a little commentary for it. Okay. But I, I will say Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie, man, mm. bro. As everybody, Lester Banks. Oh man. You made friends with them. See, friendship is the booze they feed you. They want you to get drunk and feeling like you belong. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. And hey, I met you. You are not cool. I know. Even when I thought I was, I knew I wasn't. Because we are uncool. While women will always be a problem for guys like us, most of the great art in the world is about that very problem. Good-looking people, they got no spine. Their art never lasts. Then they get the girls. But we're smarter. Yeah, I can really see that now. Because yeah, great art is about you know, guilt and longing and, you know, love disguises sex and sex disguises love. Hey, let's face it. <laughs> you got a big head start. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Everybody's coming. Also, Jason Lee, like, you know, I think uh, up until this point, we've seen mostly uh, uh, comedic roles for him. So it was nice to see him. I mean, he's freaking uh, a singer in this movie, but also, um, you know, it's just a more dramatic role for him. Sure. Yeah, it's great, man. I'll be talking about it later. Okay. Uh, Obviously. Shut up, Peter. (laughs) No, no, no. Obviously a great pick, man. Almost Famous is, is your number four. My number four is different. It's uh, another movie that I've actually mentioned recently on a list that we did. It came up 
on me and Andy's both respective top five list for top five Tom Hanks movies. Mm. I mean, it's that thing you do from 1996. Yeah. So the Oneaters, the Oneaters, yeah. <laughs> uh, so written and directed by Tom Hanks too, which is is pretty impressive. So this was a passion project for him, but you know, it's it's a fictional story that kind of tells the story of a, of a boy band, kind of in the 60s, if you will. Uh, that kind of follows the kind of emulation of the Beatles, if you know, kind of like that type of deal. And it's really just their rise to fame, you know, and they have this song that takes off and because of Tom Everett Scott's character, the drummer, kind of making it a peppy tune and it just takes off. And I love that song. <laughs> I'll be honest, man, I still do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I showed this movie to my son a couple months ago and he loved that song. He was telling Alexa to play it, you know, and everything. So it's a really catchy number. And you would imagine that that kind of song would become a huge hit for a boy band, you know, if it had that kind of catchy uh, tune that it did. And it, and it is the story of them rising to fame, and it's such a feel-good movie, man. I mean, there's some heartbreak in the movie, and there's some tough scenes in the movie. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's about just kind of like what you said earlier with Almost Famous. I mean, it's just like, just living the dream, man. You know, just like, and it's, uh, the comedy in it is great. One of my favorite scenes in all of cinema it, that I just love, every time it gives me chills, sometimes I get tears in my eyes and they're tears of joy, is the scene when Liv Tyler hears their song on the radio for the first time mm-hmm. on, the, on the Walkman and she's like running through the streets of Erie and just freaking out and then the rest of the band comes to join him in the in his dad's store and they listen to it on the stereo and everybody's just so elated. You know, that's such a, that is such a feel-good scene and Hanks did such a good job filming that. I mean, right? It's just like a cheerful moment. That kind of enca- that scene kind of encapsulates this movie for me. But it's a very feel-good picture for me, and I love it, man. And I feel like it's not a musical. Uh, no. We debated it a little bit when we had our movie musicals top five last year. To me, it is a movie about music, though, because it's about the wonders and kind of their rise to fame, and they obviously are musicians. So that's why it's my number four. What do you think about this one, man? I think it's a great movie. I mean, like Tom Hanks itself, this movie has very little flaws. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I actually reviewed this on Podstalgic, and I think my only criticism uh, of the movie was that there was very little to no conflict at all. There was a big blow up with Jimmy, the lead singer, and that was it. And that and that was like... Uh, that was even barely a blow up you know what right, i mean right and the, the funny thing is I, actually is jimmy the actor or the singer but the, the lead singer but the actor who played the lead singer at least three different times like once in a blue moon he'll go in and like my tweet for that episode so i don't i don't know if he wants me to reach out and ask for an interview or what but, <laughs> but it's kind of super random and i'm like but you've already liked this before why am i getting another notification from you wow but, um okay yeah I forget the name of the other song, but uh, they have another hit, the the, the Wonders, uh, that I also very much enjoy. Is that All My Only Dreams, I think, maybe? It, you know what? The, the title escapes me, but if oh, I heard okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I um, love this movie, man. I love uh, Steve Zahn in this film as the comic he's relief. hilarious. Oh, just the best, man. The um, I, I forget the joke or the line, but there was an interaction early on uh, during one of their first performances that was just super hilarious too. It might have involved something about presidents or money or something. Or um, oh, man, I shouldn't have brought it up because it's taking us nowhere. But it, yeah, he's, I'm he's, trying to think. He's pretty awesome, uh, but he's hilarious. I love uh, his uncles portrayed by Chris Isaac. You know. Mm, and yeah, they go yeah, yeah. they go to the church to record the tune for the record mm-hmm. and uh, he said what are we going to get these records and he gives them he gives them a quote from the bible from luke you know and steve zahn's like luke 
who's Luke? When are we going to get the records? <laughs> I just, he's just so movie. stupid, man. He's the best. Uh, all right, man. So that's uh, my number four, That Thing You Do. So no crossover with you on that one, huh? Uh, no. No, okay. that, that right. one. Um, that one I was kind of, I knew you did that on your show. I didn't. I don't, yeah, I knew it would come know. up. I knew yeah. it would come up. Um, all right, man. So we're up to you for your three, buddy. Okay, three. A, pos- a possible crossover. We'll see. Um, this one, I came on late in terms of, uh, I think it was, I don't, I don't know if, um, there might have been a lot of buzz uh, for this movie. And I, I think after the hype and the buzz went down is when I finally saw it. So I guess by the time I saw it, it was actually uh, when it hit home release. Uh, this is a 2018 film mm, directed okay. by one Bradley Cooper. And I'm yeah. talking about A Star is Born. Yeah, it's my number six, man. Just missed yeah. my top five. It's my number one honorable mention. But, bro, you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe we've man. even talked about this on Two Piece before, but you know I am in love with this film. But go ahead and talk about why it's your number three. You know, kind of like what I said about the Stillwater music in Almost Famous, um, you know, freaking Jackson Maine. Jackson yeah, Jackson Maine. Maine. That's right. Um, yeah. Every song uh, in there just sounds so damn familiar. You, you, even that opening song of his, was it? Black Eyes or something like that. Or um, I love the soundtrack. I, I, I love all the songs. I even love Lady Gaga's version of Levian Rose. Yeah, Levian Rose. Yeah, I yeah, don't know if one. you. I don't know if you know, but since you're mentioning that, um, what she sang it at a. a a charity thing, a cancer charity thing, where right, right. But what I was going to say about the music in general, I don't know if you know. I found out when I was talking about it for our twenty eight film, uh, twenty eighteen films, because this made my top five movies of the year that year. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a bunch of different stuff and watching interviews, crap. And I found out through doing that that uh, Bradley Cooper, as the director on this, actually performed those songs at Coachella for actual crowds, like in between oh, right. sets. Mm-hmm. Did you do, have you heard that? Because I found that out, and I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" Because you wouldn't think. I mean, you know, like in between bands, he's like, "I'm gonna, you know, just play these songs for the movie and film it or whatever." So I thought that was really cool because those are actual crowds, right? Uh, during his live shows, um, um, I don't remember if I saw that it was Coachella. I I understood it as. Um I'm forgetting the artist, but it's, it's actually Willie Nelson's son who helped also write these songs. Oh, I think yeah, it was like their did. performances. He, he did. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like him too. I can't remember his name either for some reason. God damn, we're forgetting everything, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> uh, we need to have better notes, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I know, right. <laughs> but uh, you're right. I did read that as well back then. But yeah, but, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But go ahead. Oh no, 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 no worries. But uh, aside from the music, which is just amazing, um, I, I think we all love Shallow and um, all of that. But God. Damn, you know, sure. Portland's own Sam Elliott, who also went to the same high school I did. He was oh, 1962 wow. okay. student body president, picture of him in the hallway. Oh, but anyway, nice. I didn't just, know that. Just an emotional uh, 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 character and, and, and the chemistry. Wrecks me. The brother. Wrecks oh, me. my God. Every time. When he backs out of the Every driveway, time, yeah. I mean, I'm like fucking falling oh. apart, dude. My wife's like, what oh the my fuck God. is wrong with you? I'm like, Sam Elliott's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm with oh. you, man. I mean, I, this is my number six, but I mean, I love this movie. I, I didn't know if it might be recency bias for me to put it high up on no, my list, but no, such a good film, man. I mean, Lady Gaga's performance is just powerhouse from an acting standpoint. Bradley Cooper behind the camera. I can't believe uh, how well he did here in his debut directorial effort. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. I love this movie. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty amazing. Um and also, I, I did cover this on another podcast. I do original remake, and we discussed mm-hmm. and compared this version with 
the Chris Christopherson version. Right. And if you watch those two, you know, back to back or in close proximity, it's it's amazing how different um, Bradley Cooper took the story. So um, yeah, no, yeah, he did an amazing job. His is much more tragic. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't care about Chris Christopherson <laughs> in his movie. <laughs> and not to give away any spoilers, but sure, it's sure, tragic. Well, if you've seen um, this one, you've seen pretty much them all. They they kind of end the same way. Um, just yeah. the the events, how it happened, is is different. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man. So that's your number three, A Star Is Born. I am behind that pick, man. I love that movie. It's been well documented on this show. So great mm-hmm. choice there. I uh, I'm glad to hear actually that it, it's that high up for you after just seeing it recently. So that's awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> my number three is going to come from one of my top five filmmakers. So mm. I haven't done that list yet, but I feel like when I do top five directors, he will definitely be on the list. And he's a bit of an acquired taste, and I get that. But I love Mr. Oliver Stone, especially mm. in the 90s. Uh, his vision for filmmaking, I was just in line every year that a movie of his came out in the 90s. And the one that I'm talking about here for music movies is 1991's The Doors. Uh, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. Did you ever see The Doors? I saw it one time. Yeah. Well, that's probably enough because it's a <laughs> fucking trippy ride, brother. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let me set this up. So uh, the the connection that I had to this movie, so it came out in 1991, uh, and I saw it in 1991, way too young to see this movie. So it was borderline NC-17. I remember reading that they took a bunch of scenes out to get it an R rating huh. to be to be able to release it theatrically. And uh, a friend of mine snuck me in to the, like the exit door to the theater so I could go in. You know, back in the old days when you you know everything was a little more simpler. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I snuck in to see it. And I just remember thinking I was so cool, man, because like I saw the I saw the You're doors. Cool. You know, well, I don't know. <laughs> but I saw the doors at like age fifteen, you know, and I wasn't supposed to see it. And I remember talking about it in the hallways at school with people that listened to the doors. They're like, Oh my god, I can't believe you got to see it, you know. And I just remember thinking I was so like rebellious and cool, right? Well, I that movie is what really, really got me into that band, and because of that it created like a kind of a uh, it kind of rekindled a bond with my father because he was a Doors fan mm. so at that time in my life in 91, 92 my mom and dad had split up and I'm not even kidding you I'm not being over dramatic when I say that the Doors uh, and I'm really talking about the Doors like their music but this movie was the catapult for that but the Doors music is really what brought my father and myself back together uh, if, that amazing. Make, if that makes sense sure. so uh, you know and we kind of shared that mutual uh, love for this for this band and he would tell me you know the tunes he was into and I remember I made him a, a Doors mixtape and you know like shit like that so it really all spawned from this movie and then I can remember when the movie came out on DVD I, I watched it with him and you know he wasn't like a huge fan of the movie he was like it's fucking weird man like what is this you know and I'm like well their music's weird man I mean what do you want but I mean you know Val Kilmer killed it bro as Jim mm. Morrison I mean such a good performance uh, I love Oliver Stone's kind of erratic style of filmmaking. It's very, you know, manic and kind of crazy. And, and he really kind of did that in, in this. Meg Ryan plays has a great role in this movie as well. But yeah, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of The Doors as a, as, as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what really is putting this so high on my list for me. But I go back to this one frequently, man. I'm a big fan of Oliver Stone and his work. 
and I think The Doors is one of my favorites of his. I think JFK would probably be my number one Oliver Stone movie. Okay, uh, but The Doors would would be a close second. So, were you are you a fan of The Doors, like the music of The Doors, or no? I'm a I'm a very casual uh, fan of theirs. I, I mean, I, I could probably name like two or three songs. That, okay. That, uh, but and, and it's funny because like when I, I did watch that movie, I was like, oh, this is who did it. The, the Doors. OK, so like, you know, I was more familiar with their song than right. than the actual band themselves. Um, so basically, it sounds like to get brownie points from you, uh, we talk about Unforgiven and The Doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those those are two very special connections with my father. And I think that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, and, I can uh, dig yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, The I, Doors. I need to revisit it. The, the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, my dad was into that whole... Um, kind of like hippie rock, I guess. I don't even really know what the term would be, but just like, you know, kind of hippie rock and Southern rock and Mm -hmm. just that time period of the late 60s and into the 70s. And the doors were obviously in that time period. And they were just very experimental, you know. I mean, I don't know. You know, like you listen to it now, and everybody's done pretty much everything you can do with music, you know, for the most part. Yeah. You know, you might mix genres and stuff like that. But I mean, if you're listening, if you just transport yourself back and you're listening to The Doors in like 1967 or 8, bro, that was like a fucking like experience. Do you know what I mean? Because you never heard anything like that coming out of your speakers or your car stereo or whatever. And they were experimenting with that stuff. And, you know, Jim Morrison was really a poet that just kind of got roped into doing it on a microphone with a band behind him. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And it was a really trippy kind of experimental thing. And I mean, he's in the 27 club, you know, he died way too young. Right. At the age of 27. But just uh, like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Yeah, man. Super fast and tragic life. I mean, just the life of a rock star, no doubt. But uh, Mm. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying necessarily revisit the film because I think the people that are going to benefit the most from it are going to be Doors fanatics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the music of the Doors, I would definitely recommend to anyone you know that really wants to hear that kind of a time capsule back to when those types of experimental music started happening you know was really the doors were the forefront of that so that's my number three man sorry to drone on but we're up to our runner ups pete so let's see what you got man what's your runner up music movie what do you got at number two man all right at number two i probably had uh have the biggest record scratch uh on the on the list you know oh shit needle drop (laughs) oh shit after having you know the 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 three that i've already listed this next one might be the most like oh okay didn't see that one coming kind of thing um (laughs) the reason i have this one so high on on number two here um this move this movie was a movie shown in music class and um, I think I enjoyed uh, the music from the movie so much that it actually inspired me to join choir the following year. Okay. And uh, I ended up being in choir all four years of high school as well. Uh, and I'm talking about Sister Act. Oh, shit, bro. This is awesome. Okay. <laughs> I did, I did, I, it is, it's definitely a needle drop, though. <laughs> You're right. I was like, what? Uh, no, yeah, this is a fucking great movie. I, this is another one that I haven't seen in a long time, but just hilarious, man. Talk about, so uh, your connection was this, you saw this, and then you joined the choir. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, so basically, we were, you know, in, in uh, depending on the school themselves, usually uh, the, the one that I went to in, in middle school, you had choir, but then you had music class, which was just a, a class that they threw in that everybody had to take. And our teacher brought in the movie. Uh, Sister Act, we watched it, and then he passed out sheet music, and w- which was just the lyrics, really, and we just kind of like sang along. He didn't like 
orchestrate or, or compose or anything like that. It was just like, hey, here's a song or here's a movie with with music in it. Here's the lyrics. And I was like, oh, these, these songs are actually kind of cool, you know. But right. but in Sister Act, um, Dolores, you know, she incorporated like pop songs and, and made it, uh, you know, like choir type songs for the nuns to sing. Uh, same thing happens in part two. Shameless plug here. I interviewed the guy who sang, oh, happy day. You know, so he goes on to do uh, City High, you know, Grammy Award nominated or winning Grammy Award winning uh, uh, band there. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the music uh, I still enjoy. The the story, eh, this is one of those where the music, in my opinion, is better than like anything else in there. But um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg as Dolores is actually uh, pretty amazing. And you also got Maggie Smith in there as well. Yeah, it's funny, career. too, because I'm not typically like I'm not drawn to Whoopi Goldberg, particularly as an actress. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying I dislike her. I'm just saying I'm never like, oh, my God, I love Whoopi in this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sister Act is her, man. I mean, she really owned that. And that oh, she did. Oh, yeah. To, to me, that's going to forever be attached to her as far as like the best thing she's done, in my opinion, is the Sister Act films. I like oh, the yeah. sequel, too. I like the oh, sequel yeah. Too. I enjoy it. I am never watching any uh, either of those movies for the story. It's the music. <laughs> it's definitely sure, the music. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And the comedy. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. All right, man. Well, that is a needle drop. I didn't expect that one, but I do like that movie. That's that was a little bit of a throwback. It just kind of jarred my my memory again because I haven't seen that in probably ten or fifteen years. So yeah, I, uh, uh, it, it might be on Disney Plus. Might be on Disney okay. Plus. Okay, so I'd watch. I think it. I I feel like I could watch that with my son too. I don't think that's too too bad, right? No, no, it's PG. It's yeah, PG. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So maybe we'll check that one out in quarantine. You know, why not? Absolutely. All right. So I had a I had a biopic at, at three with the doors. I've got another biopic at my number two. Uh, another director that I love. I cannot believe this movie is fifteen years old. <laughs> like when I looked at, it, I was like, "Holy shit!" That's it. I'm old, bro. <laughs> uh, but from 2005 is James Mangold's Walk the Line. The Johnny the Johnny Cash biopic. Johnny Cash, of course, portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix, who recently uh, won the Oscar for Joker, of course. Uh, I feel like this is a better performance. I wasn't. I mean, Joker was, his performance was the best thing about Joker. I wasn't crazy about the movie, though. But I I know you know this about me, and a lot of people listening might know, but I am infatuated with Reese Witherspoon. I mean, Uh, many are. Many are. I see see no lies here. (laughs) You are not a savage, of course. (laughs) Absolutely love her. Uh, and she won the Academy Award for this, playing June Carter Cash, and absolutely nailed the Southern charm, just kind of Southern Belle, you know, muse to Johnny Cash in this movie. How you doing, John? <laughs> uh, well, okay, June, how you doing? I surmise you've never been to bed. We got a show at two, a matinee. You remember that? We were just practicing. Oh, come on, June, oh. sit down. Practice? Slick here. Oh, no. Not today, Jerry Lee. Why not? Cause you're drunk. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Come on, June, just come have a beer with us. I'm going home tonight after the show. I'm not here to look after y'all. You got somebody to do that for you, John. You got a wife somewhere. You remember that? What if I didn't? There's too many ifs in that sentence. Only one, actually. There's only one if in that sentence, June. (laughs) Uh, That's always a good point. There's only one. Really? What was I thinking? I must have been crazy. Y'all gonna blow this tour. You can't walk no line. 
And she's definitely my favorite part of it. I do love Joaquin as well. And obviously the music is tremendous. Uh, you know, I'm not a big country music fan, but I will listen to a Johnny Cash song any day of the week, 10 times a day. Like I love Johnny Cash. I love a lot of the old school country artists and he's one of my faves. Uh, another one my dad listened to, by the way, Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. So I do have that connection as well. But yeah, I mean, it, this is a, a pretty typical, you know, music biopic where, you know, they're a nobody and they come from humble beginnings. And they rise to stardom and then they have a they have a rock bottom crash, you know, and then they make a comeback, you know. So it's kind of that kind of up and down roller coaster arc that you're kind of ex- that you kind of expect. Mm-hmm. But I think the performances and the and Cash's music really carry this movie, man. And this is another soundtrack that I love to listen to because it's Joaquin and Reese performing those songs. I don't know if you know on the soundtrack. I do. I do. Uh, which is awesome. So that's why it's my runner up, man. Are you a fan of this one? I am a fan of this one. Uh, this came out um, around the same time as another biopic and. You know, um, I'm a sucker for those, especially the music ones. Uh, I, I, so I, I thought being on this particular episode uh, was going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I was not very familiar with Johnny Cash at all until this movie came out. Okay. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance and the music alone actually turned me into a fan and actually started seeking out some of his other other songs. Oh, cool. Um, and I think... I think right after this movie came out, uh, Daughtry, who was on American Idol, also did a rendition of Walk the Line, and it was actually pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I remember just the opening scene in this movie, man, when he's playing the prison, you know, Folsom Prison, and mm-hmm. uh, so you can hear the the the, the inmates, you know, kind of like stomping their feet and just ex- excitement. And uh, he's just an icon, man. I mean, me and my wife went to Nashville a couple of years ago for her birthday, and we sought out so many different kind of like historical landmarks that that Johnny Cash had either played at or uh, you know had lived at one time. And there was even this really cheesy kind of cafe that was like Johnny cash theme that we ate in lunch one day you know uh but his kind of staple is all over that town but uh, he's one of the pillars of really music in general but definitely of country music so walk the line is my runner up and how do you feel man you feeling good yeah i'm feeling good um walk the line you know i'm, I'm starting to you know, it's been a while since I've seen it, but then all, all these little details are starting to come back. You know, like Robert Patrick as his you yes, know, tough, dad, loving yeah. father. Yeah. I don't know if I mean loving adjacent, but but just his <laughs> yeah. yeah tough ass father and the, the whole like you know the wrong brother died or whatever the you know the line is just a tragic story. And yeah. um, you know that's the thing with like these biopics. You're just you know sometimes people roll their eyes and like all right, well how are they going to do this one now? It's just another rock star, but that story right. was just so different. That um, you know, I, I think you know, take away the music is still a very you know good story, though yeah. tragic. That's um, why I was saying it's a pretty formulaic story. If you're looking at it from like the rock and roll, you know, ups and downs, it's mm-hmm. pretty pretty basic in that way. But what elevates it for me is the performances and the music. And I love the little things that are kind of sprinkled throughout Walk the Line too. Like I don't know if you remember, but there's a little. There's a little moment when Johnny's on tour with some of the up and comers, and one of them's Elvis. Oh yeah, I remember so Elvis Presley's <laughs> in there. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and uh, I want to say even Buddy Holly, maybe, or maybe I'm mixing that up with something else. But but yeah, I just love those little kind of like 
almost like cameos that are kind of sprinkled in because they're not it's like uh, uh, kisses of history or touch of yeah, history you um, know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like Easter eggs in a way, you know? Yeah. Uh, where they're kind of mentioned in passing, you know, but it's, it's cool. If you know the history of it, you can kind of, it kind of stands out to you. So walk the line is my runner up and we are up to our number ones, Peter. I'm digging it, man. So far. Well, there is a crossover, but other than that, we've been pretty eclectic here. What's your number one music movie? All right. This one was the clear number one for me. Once we talked about the topic, this was the first one that came to my mind. This one is always on my mind. Anytime I'm scrolling through on demand on the TV, I see the cover box and the first thing I want to do. Well, the first the, the thing I do is my thumb hovers over that play button. Yeah. But I'm like, ah, do I want to want to watch it now or do I want to throw in something new? So I almost always want to watch this anytime I see it streaming. Um, also, this is probably my first biopic. So I have very fond memories of it as a little boy watching this movie all the time. Uh, somebody in my household, probably one of my aunties or uncle, uh, owned the soundtrack on vinyl. So I'd play the shit out of that as well mm, and sure, you know, pretend yeah. to sing along. You know, growing up, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, brown people that, uh, you know, I, I could follow and say, oh, they, they look like me kind of thing. So mm-hmm. this character was brown. And so I don't know. I don't know if that was a factor in me watching it too. Cause it's like, oh, I can relate, you know, like I, I, I am a, um, you know, I, I'm a son of immigrants, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about 1987's La Bamba. Oh, I was wondering if that's where you were going. And that, that was one that I considered for my list too. I love this movie, man. Yeah. Just, I, I love the movie. Um, you know, if anyone hasn't seen it in a while, go back and rewatch it. Because I reviewed this on my show. Uh, at the time, he was just a guest, uh, Mariano, who has now become my co-host. And it was because of this movie. I said, you know what? Man, we had a good-ass time reviewing La Bamba. And I, and I told him, I was like, I, I know you do all these TV reviews with your wife. But, you know, I thought it would be cool if you were, like, my co-host for Podstalgic. And he took some time to think about it. He's like, hey, you know what? I'll do it. Nice. And um, we always talk about La Bamba. And what I guess I forgot because there, there was actually a, a time where I hadn't seen the movie in a while, but this is actually Bob's movie, his brother, mm-hmm. you know? This is Bob's movie, but it's actually Richie's story. And this movie, I think I also did the most research for. I, I watched all these documentaries. I read all these articles, articles from 1987 when the movie came out, articles from the real Donna, who was like, oh, some of that stuff did not happen. They took liberties, you know, because... Everything I found out or read about Richie Valens, the the, 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 the rock star, he, he lived kind of a vanilla life. He, he's a kid that never got into trouble, you know, was a good student and just played music. So I feel that's why they made the movie about Bob because he's a piece of shit. Bob is an asshole, right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, you, you, you need some conflict. And so and that, their and that actor, that actor nailed it. I don't know oh, the man. actor's name that's that played Morales. Bob, but. Oh he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. amazing. But, he did uh, great. And I'm a, and I'll just tell you one thing about La Bamba too, man. That always that is embedded in my mind, brother. Because I, you know, I've seen this movie maybe you know five times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'd love it. I would watch it tonight if it came on. But never ever has left my memory since I saw it back in '87 or '88 is the scene when. Uh, the mother finds out mm. that he passed, and Bob mm. runs over to the to the house that you know he had bought for her, and and she breaks down in the backyard doing the laundry. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, just that scene, man, is so powerful, and I I will never forget that scene, man. It was such a powerful scene. I thought. 
Uh, the movie itself is great too. I love it. It really is, and you know, you, it's funny because just just recently you just mentioned Buddy Holly, you know, who is mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. Uh, you know a small character in this movie as well. Yeah. Um, I found out during my research that because of this this plane crash um, with with Buddy Holly and all that stuff. They said, all right, you guys will not report these deaths of people until we notify the fucking family. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. People were fighting out on the radio. On the radio exactly. Shit, right? yeah. Before yeah, they the, even found out themselves. So. Yeah, the, the big bopper and all. That's the night that music yeah. died, man. Uh, oh, man. Exactly. There's a, documentary, right. there's a documentary about that plane crash. I can't remember. I, it might actually be called The Night the Music Died. I think you're right. Uh, um, I think you're yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a very, uh, it's not fun obviously it's depressing but it's a great documentary if you can find it yeah uh so la baba man okay yeah everyone knows that uh, richie you know at the end and yes. that's just that beautiful haunting song sleepwalking or sleepwalk by uh johnny and santo you know, you know yeah. that that guitar instrumental song at the very end it's just uh it's, it's so beautiful it's a great one man this is another soundtrack that i i can remember wearing out on cassette tape oh i still listen to that soundtrack <laughs> on on apple uh, apple music me too, man. I had it on cassette tape, man. And uh, I mean, it's just little things that are forever a part of you after seeing these movies that affect you. And this is your number one. It's not even my top 10 and it affects me. So yeah, I can know awesome. I can only imagine it being your number one. But I mean, little things like my son's in a dual language uh, kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. So he, he does like 50% Spanish and 50% English like awesome. curriculum. Wow. Okay. And uh, he was reading the story. We had to read to him uh, at night or whatever. And he was reading the Spanish story, and the story was talking about wolves, you know, so it was Los Lobos, you know? That's right, yeah, the name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like thinking, you know, and he's yeah, like, what yeah, the yeah. hell is wrong with you, Dad? Like, yeah, it's the they, wolves. They did what the whole soundtrack. About? Well, at, yeah. at least the, the anyway. Richie uh, songs. <laughs> but anyway, so, okay, La Baba's your number one uh, good pick. So, you know my number one, man, anticlimactic. You already picked it, but it's Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous, brother. Um good one. You know, I mean, I, I like you. I also love Cameron Crowe. And this was, I think, his best directorial effort because it was so personal to him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, inspired by his actual life and his actual uh, adolescence. And you can see that, man. It's almost like autobiographical in that way. And you already mentioned that the music is original, but it seems very familiar. Uh, and I love that as well. Kate Hudson getting Oscar love for for her portrayal of Penny Lane. It's such an intriguing character, obviously very beautiful and obviously amused to so many different people in this movie. And not only that, she's amused in a way to the audience as well. Uh, kind of seeing the movie through her uh, makes it a different experience. But uh, she's just a really mysterious character, a really cool character that kind of uh, is a pillar, like a foundation for the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know, but like they never tell you how old she is. Like you never right. know, how, you never know how old Penny Lane is. Is always kind of a running gag. And you know, she, it's like at the end, she has her house and she's going wherever she went, Fiji or wherever it was. And you're like, what? What? How old are you? Like I thought you were like 17. You know what I mean? So that was a really cool trope throughout it. Um, some young actors that at the time we had no fucking idea who they were have gone on to just be giant people. You know, like. Feruza Balk, uh, Zoe Deschanel is in there as his sister. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Fallon has a weird part (laughs) as the band manager or whatever uh, in a couple scenes. Probably because of that stint on uh, SNL where he was the the drummer, you know, more cowbell. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Um, Rain Wilson is in there. Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office is in this, man. 
Uh, you know, people kind of give Patrick Fugit a hard time. I thought he did good, man. I thought oh, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of was reminiscent to me a little bit of Mitch from Days and Confused where okay. he, he kind of got criticized a lot for like his acting ability. But if if you didn't think of it as like an acting performance, you would think of it as very endearing and charming. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like if was- you just thought if you just like knew this dude, you would think he was a charming dude. But I think the problem was a lot of critics or whatever or naysayers were like taking it out of context. And they were being like, they were looking at it as Patrick Fugit as opposed to looking at it as William Miller. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the problem. Like uh, I, re- I could be misremembering, but I thought I remembered that he was like a, um, an unknown. This was like his first role. I, it was. Yeah. It yeah. absolutely was. So, Cameron Crowe hand picked him for it after exactly, auditions, so. obviously. But yeah, I mean, Frances McDormand is the mom. She got an mm-hmm. Oscar nomination for this, which I thought was a little weird because she's only in like two or three scenes, but uh, she's obviously a <laughs> great actress. Great. So. You know, she, she runs into the, uh, you know, chasing after the bus. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but Almost Famous is just so good, man. I mean, the scene with Tiny Dancer, I've talked oh, about yeah. on my show before. Mm. I don't think it was my number one, but I did list that as one of my favorite um, uh, scenes or music scenes in a movie uh, is when Tiny Dancer, when it kind of brings the band back together. And the point is that music, you know, brings us all together, which I I believe, you know, I Mm -hmm. think that's I think that that's true. And this movie really kind of that's the story of this film at the end of the day is that music brings us together. I love Elton John and he's all his music sprinkled all throughout this movie. Uh, I just love Almost Famous, man. It's like. It's really cool because Cameron Crowe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also like a music biopic. But then you stop and you go, wait a second. No, it's not. It's, it's not because these people aren't, <laughs> or this band's not real. Um, and I, I mean, I already mentioned, you know, Lester Bangs in this movie. Oh, when he, amazing. Dude, the, the scene, we were just talking about the scene in La Bamba with his mother, right? Mm-hmm. Another, another scene that I will never forget. I could go a hundred years without watching Almost Famous and I will be able to picture the scene in my mind for the rest of my life is when he's on the phone with him and he's talking about how we're not cool, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He's like, they're cool. You're not cool. Oh, right, right. You it's, it's, also, yeah. uh, it's in the trailer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so... I just love that, man. He's kind of like a mentor to him, and he's giving him that speech. And he's just in his living room listening to records on the phone, you know. And only we can see it. Only the audience can see it. But we see kind of where he is in his life after kind of being so devoted to these musicians and the music and everything. And he just fears that, you know, William might be headed in that direction. And he's kind of giving him that little pep talk. But I love that scene as well. But, yeah, Almost Famous, my number one. So we had crossover there, man. It was your number four. Yeah. You know, and um, maybe if I had watched it more recently, it could have been a little bit higher too. Uh, as as we we're kind of talking about the character of Lester Bangs, I was starting to think about man, this movie gave you so much feels because at one point, you know, you're you're just going through the journey with William, and you know, you see everything that they're going through, and then he writes this piece, and then they're like, all right, well, can we get any anybody to collaborate? And then freaking Billy Crudup, Russell Hammond, there, it's like, nah, none of this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it did like kind of ruins. You know right. his, uh, uh, you know his shot at at uh, you know making it, and then obviously gets fixed at the end there. But you're just like, damn, you asshole! Like you know, we saw right. what happened. Why you do that to him? Well, so, I like how I like how it turns into you know, uh, it turns from him his love affair with the band to mm-hmm. more of his love affair with Penny Lane and his kind of you know kind of they're kind of coming together. You know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. how it kind of shifts in that way a little bit more to like a love story almost where the first two thirds of the movie, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all mentors to him, you know, and they all influence his life and his career. 
And, you know, it's been, I mean, it's widely known that this is loosely based on Cameron Crowe's own experiences. So mm-hmm. we, we obviously see what he's, you know, gone on to be. So, uh, yeah, I love Crowe, man. This is, in my opinion, his best work as a director. He's done some great stuff. You know, Jerry Maguire singles I'm a big fan of. Yeah, but, yeah. But Almost Famous is my favorite uh, movie of his personally. So it's my number one music movie, man. It's it's great, and just to throw it out because I I feel it's underrated. But Elizabeth Town, I, I think that's actually yeah, pretty good. Elizabeth Town's good too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not one of my faves, but it is a good movie. I mean, I did enjoy my time with it. So yeah, all right, man. So I tell you what, why don't you give a quick wrap up of your five, Pete? What was your top five again, man? All right, my top five coming in at number five, Mr. Holland's Opus. Number four, Almost Famous. Number three, A Star Is Born, the twenty eighteen film. Yeah, man. Number two, Sister Act. What? Mm-hmm. And uh, number one, La Bamba. You're going to make me have to download a needle drop <laughs> soundbite for that. Yeah. For that. Hey, you know, if you want to make right. an extra effort. <laughs> my, my top five was, my number five was The Runaways. My number four was That Thing You Do. My number three was The Doors. Number two was Walk the Line. And my number one, crossover with Pete, was Almost Famous. All right, man. So we're going to head over to social media in a minute. Peter to see what the fans had to say over there. Maybe there's some other ones that we didn't talk about quite yet. But before we do that, did you have any honorable mentions you want to give a quick shout out to, Ben? Just listen. I them. do. Yeah, yeah. Just a few. Um, I'd remiss if I didn't say Wayne's World. You oh, know, nice. One of one of the early ones. A lot of great music. You know, pop songs covered by you know the characters from the movie sure. Bohemian Rhapsody. I know oh, it's Classic. sanitized and you know whatever, but you know what? I don't know very much about Freddie Mercury and Queen except for just their music and you know Mighty Ducks, right? <laughs> because of that. <laughs> right, but, right. So I like it. I like it just fine. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody was like my favorite until A Star Is Born came and dethroned it. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. Love that soundtrack. Love the BGS. My dad was heavy into the disco, so I enjoyed mm-hmm. me some Saturday Night Fever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, a newer addition to the. I saw that i just amazing love that movie i just saw that i really really love the concept of that movie i thought it was a really cool concept i did feel like it it dragged in places like i feel like they could have narrowed it down by 15 or 20 minutes but at the end of the day i thought it was just such a unique concept and it's really cool to be able to see something fresh like that you know so i I dug it yes and speaking of fresh to not uh, you know not to give anything away from the movie for those that uh, are interested in checking it out um the idea of the story or you know it's kind of fantastical and i I think the trope for a movie like this is a a bit of a reset you know Mm -hmm. uh if you know what i mean so i don't i won't elaborate into that but uh, i I do Mm -hmm. appreciate how they handle the ending of the movie so yesterday Uh, and the last one, the reason I throw this in here, because I think, in my opinion, I don't do the Oscar stuff. You know, I don't watch necessarily enough movies to um, give, you know, a really good opinion. But in my opinion, uh, Whiplash should have won Best Picture that year and not Birdman. So Whiplash is my number fifth, uh, number five honorable mention. Sure. That's a fucking great movie. It's actually yeah. on mine, too. So here, I'll just run down my six through ten real quick. My number six would have been A Star is Born, which obviously you already talked about. My number seven is a guilty pleasure that I just can't, I can't let it go, man. I love this movie, <laughs> but it's Dirty Dancing from 1987. Hey, I had Sister Act on my top five. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, I fucking love it's Dirty Dancing. One. Uh, one of my favorite movies ever. And number eight would have been a movie called Empire Records. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you've seen that one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 90s kind of grunge era and these kids working at a record shop in that time, which 
had to be had to be the epitome of living the dream, brother. Oh sure. So that's that would be my number eight. My number nine would be Whiplash, which you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And my number ten would have been Straight Out of Compton. Ah, you know what? I had that on my list, and I had to narrow it down to five. You know, for the yeah. honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean so the story of NWA, just just a revolutionary hip hop. I saw that movie twice in the movie theater. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah so that that would have been my number ten. So uh, before we before I let you go, Pete, I, I know I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on over there. But before I let you go. I want to head over to social media and see what the fans had to say as we open up the old suggestion box. Yes, sir. So we'll start on Twitter, and I will go through and see if there's hopefully some that have not been mentioned. You know, I just started doing this thing about a month ago, Pete, actually, where I don't look at the fan feedback until we record. I think that's a good Uh, idea. (laughs) So I see it. But the problem on Twitter is a lot of people use GIFs, and if I don't know the movie, Uh, I don't know what the hell the GIF is from. Right, right, right. right. I can't (laughs) shout them out, you know what I mean? Well, let's see. Uh, my buddy Doug, who has been on the show recently from Good Times, Great Movies, he's got a good uh, movie podcast uh, about 80s movies, actually, Pete, if you want to check him out. But he's got Searching for Sugar Man is a great documentary. I don't know Searching for Sugar Man. Do you? I don't either. Um, I enjoy me some good documentaries, so that's something I'm going to have to keep an eye out on. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Word Salad Radio on Twitter says Whiplash, Sing Street, and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what? Um, I haven't seen uh, seen Sing Street. I am actually very interested in that one. Is that, is that am, one you saw? Or I haven't seen it, and you know what? I need to because it got a ton of shout-outs for this topic, and I've never seen it, so I'm going to be correcting that. Uh, probably by the time this episode airs, airs, I will have seen it, but as we're recording, I have not seen it. What do you think about Guardians of the Galaxy as a music movie, though? You know what? I it That makes sense. It does, that yeah. Really it does kind of make sense with the mixtape and everything. Absolutely. Mario in the bar. Love that dude. He's always uh, tagging me on Twitter and sharing his great movie reviews with me. Check him out as well uh, on Twitter. But he's got Across the Universe. Mm, yeah, I considered that one as well. But I had seen it just the one time when it first came out. Was that 2012 or something like that? Actually, 2007? Yeah, I was going to say know, it's been a while. But yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Shake and Not Nerd. Love those guys. They got, mm-hmm. they got Sound City on here. Don't know if I know that one. Sound City might be the documentary about the now. If they're if they're listening to this and this is wrong, I'm sorry, but I (laughs) I think that's the documentary about the sound uh, studio in California where so many revolutionary bands recorded their albums, like Nirvana's Nevermind was recorded there. Uh. Uh, Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes was recorded there. I think that's Sound City. Okay. Uh, if not, then I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, who's a patron of the show, she also mentioned Sing Street. Uh, movie reviews in 20 Qs also mentioned Sing Street, as did the, our friend Paul from the Countdown. So, Peter, me and you have got to see Sing Street, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, you'll like this list. So, CMC Chavez on Twitter says, here's their five. Selena, Ray, The Buddy Holly Story, Coal Miner's Daughter, and the number one is La Baba. That's amazing. I, I actually had Selena on my list, and I removed it for in favor of uh, Saturday Night Fever. There so, you go. Uh, same there director. You go. Wait, is it? Yeah, I, I believe it's the same director as La Bamba. Uh, uh, gosh, mm. no. Either it's the same director or he was attached and uh, was replaced. Gotcha. Yeah. Matt uh, Matthew Fisher over on Twitter says, here's his five, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which we didn't mm. mention. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got the Runaways. Hey, there Matthew Fisher is my guy, the Runaways. <laughs> uh, he also says, says Rocket Man, which came out last year, the Elton John pick. That's a good one. You know what? I had that on my list initially. Mm-hmm. That's almost borderline musical. Yeah. 
Well, it's actually it's pretty great. Do they break out in song for he dialogue? <laughs> yeah, but I see talking with people. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch it maybe to be like, this is, I don't know, in my mind, it's like Still a musical a fantasy. But yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he's also got uh, that thing you do in Amadeus. We didn't mention Amadeus tonight. One of my favorite 80s movies. That's a good I have one. not seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a good good flick, man. Word Salad Radio also. Did it uh, win shout, shout a lot of Amadeus. Oscars, too? It did, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It racked okay. up, yeah, man. 82 or something like that? Yeah, it was definitely 80s. Uh, Gid- Speaking of 80s, I love her, Gidget Von LaRue, mm-hmm. uh, a frequent collaborator, a collaborator of, of, of ours and an Aussie, yes. So she also has Rocket Man, and then okay. she has Sweet Dreams and Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen that one time, but Sweet Dreams, I wonder what that one was. Yeah, I wonder what that is too, actually. I don't know that one. So this is a good one. This is kind of a dark horse that I wish I had thought about. Okay. Uh, my Childhood Versus Yours, which is Versus Yours on Twitter, says The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, that is a great one. That's a good one, yeah. I mean, shit, that was one of my first uh, movie reviews. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't think about that. Yeah, Uh, I mean, and and you're a wedding DJ. (laughs) I know. Why the hell didn't I think about that? Yeah, Gerald. Uh, Oh, God, I dropped the ball on that one. Uh, TV's Travis over uh, Travis Crawford over on Twitter. I love that dude. He says there was no love in this thread for that thing you do. So he's here to shout out that thing you do. And then he also says Baby Driver is a new favorite of mine, and music is a huge part of it. I had to take off the list. You know, I, I told you pre recording how many I had. So that was one that yeah. I deleted. Yeah. 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 I did like Baby Driver, though. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's head over to the Facebook fan page to wrap up, Pete. Uh, okay. Thank you guys so much. If you have not yet joined up to our Facebook fan page, please check it in the show notes. That is where we interact with our fans the most. Patrick Sherwood, always contributing. He says The Wall, Almost Famous, Across the Universe, and Whiplash. So the only one that we have not mentioned there is The Wall, which I assume he means the Pink Floyd uh, Okay, Okay, I remember that one, yeah. It's kind of the Pink Floyd musical. uh, Mm -hmm. Not musical, but I mean music film. Uh, Aaron Tucker says Ray. Mm -hmm. So that uh, was Jamie Foxx's Oscar for... Another good uh, one. uh, Ray Charles. I really Uh, love that Georgia song. uh, Tony Vandenbush says Heavy Metal. I don't know that I saw Heavy Metal, though. I know the cover box because <laughs> I worked at Blockbuster for a few years. Um, yeah, and okay, there was a Heavy Metal right. 2000 as well. But yeah, I'm familiar with those. I haven't seen them. So this is a good list. And uh, I see that somebody else is on your sister act train, but there's a little plot twist mm. here. So okay. actually, this is a very Peter friendly list. Oh. So, our, so our buddy Matt Lewinsky on the Facebook page has got, here's his five. He's got La Bamba. Mm. So I, know, I know you're okay with that. Yeah, so, so he must be starting with one. I'm a, uh, he, I don't know how he does it. Matt, Matt's his own dude. You know what okay. I mean? I don't know what he's doing over there. But he's got La Bamba, then he's got Ray, uh-huh. uh, Spinal Tap, Ooh, and pur- first mention. Pur- Purple Rain. First mention for Purple Rain. Oh, okay. And then he's got Sister Act 2. Nice. I can dig it. <laughs> I can dig and it. it. And I gave him a little thumbs up, and he says, I know, bro, you're back in the habit. So <laughs> I see what he did there. Yeah, I see, I see what he did he's there. Going. Let's see what else we got. Joey Mills from Pop Goes the Culture says Whiplash, Almost Famous, Spinal Tap, Purple Rain. He's got a couple we haven't mentioned. The Blues Brothers we didn't mention. That's a good one, too. You you know, I I have not seen Purple Rain in a really long time, but... If I remember correctly, wasn't that like a better album than it actually was movie? Yeah, I don't want to offend these <laughs> okay. guys, but okay. it's not a good movie. It's I'm the a guest, great so I'll say it. soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's probably my favorite. In fact, we did that list, and I want to say it probably was my number one or two. But it's yeah. a very, very good soundtrack. But I don't think the movie's that great. Uh, but yeah, Apollonia <laughs> is very nice at it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Michael Hill's been on the show a million times. Love that dude. He's a friend in real life. Here's his five. Mr. Holland's Opus. There you go. Mm, there we go. That Thing You Do. Mm-hmm. Jersey Boys, which I'm going to call him out and say that's a musical. I, think. I have not seen that, but I know it's um, uh, Unless, Clint Well, Eastwood, no, right? Clint Eastwood did it, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not a musical. I actually didn't see it either, so I don't want to jump the gun there. Maybe, okay. maybe it wasn't from a musical. I know it's based on a musical, though. Mm. Uh, Pitch Perfect. That's a good one. We didn't hey, think yeah, about yeah, Pitch yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that tracks, absolutely, yeah. The first and one, then, at least. And then he's got another good one here, Eight Mile, we also didn't think about. Okay. I considered it, but um, yeah, I considered it. But I, I think it was like, okay, do I want to put Eight Mile or Straight Out of Compton? And then I ended up just leaving both of them out. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. All right, let's just do a couple more, man. How about okay. Christiani? Christiani's got a few that we have not mentioned, so let's let's hit his list real quick. He's got Woodstock, mm. A Mighty Wind, and High Fidelity. The only one on that list oh, that I know God. is High Fidelity with Cusack. I know A Mighty Wind. That's one of those uh, Christopher Guest, uh, you know, and Friends, you know. Oh, um, yeah, okay. They do I know, folk I know music. what it is now. So it's yeah. hilarious. It's one of my favorites of theirs. I know what it is now. Uh, Paul from The Countdown says Whiplash, and this is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, let's see. The last one that I'll mention because it's got a couple that we didn't talk about yet is uh, Sean Fuller on the Facebook page. He says straight out of Compton, Eight Mile, Whiplash, and then he's got Hustle and Flow and August Rush. I had Hustle and Flow as well, and um, I mean, I, I know it won, you know, like best rap song and stuff like that. But I, I was just like, I don't know if anybody remembers that much because, mm-hmm. like, I, I think when Empire came out, people were joking Hustle and Flow was like the prequel <laughs> leading up to. <laughs> Empire. <laughs> well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, good movie, yeah. good movie. Yeah. It is good. It is a good flick, no doubt. All right, man. Well, that's it. That was our uh, top five music movies yeah, and beyond. List, guys. So, yeah, thanks, Pete, for being here, brother. I know absolutely. I know I got times nothing are, else better to do, man. <laughs> I know times are a little crazy right now, and it, it always is. means a lot to me when you guys carve out time to to spend with me. So, thanks so much for doing it. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and whatever you want to point them to over there, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you so much for having me. This this was a lot of fun, so I can't wait to hear it back in post when you do your amazing editing job of uh, throwing in the music because I'll be interested to see what clips you use for the movies that I listed. Um, well, should I use? I should use movie clips, all right? Or should I put in the songs? Hey, you're, this is your show, sir. I know, but you, you, just, you just threw me. You just threw <laughs> if, a little wrench in my plans. If, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll give you a little help just for the La Bamba. Maybe when I'm talking about the movie, you could throw on that song "Sleepwalk," you know, uh, underneath oh, it, and then yeah. And then or I could end the I could happen. end the episode with it, maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 something like that. Or even open it up. I don't know. So I'll leave it up to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> a, a number of these songs I have covered on Podstalgic. Uh, Star is Born I actually did that on original remake but I, I do a few different shows Podstalgic for your 80s 90s movie reviews I, I do new ones as well um, Gerald you were on for uh, Stand By Me you know mm-hmm. a, a very fun episode uh, very much talked about a lot of people enjoyed that one too um, original remake if you want to hear our comparisons of A Star is Born uh, and also Cobra Kai Companion so for those that are sitting at home wondering what else the hell to watch because they're done with Netflix Start a free trial on YouTube and check out Cobra Kai. 
Um, you know, if it, at the very least, you know, if you liked the Karate Kid movie, watch the first two episodes, and you'll know by then whether or not you want to check it out. But at this point, I've had like 44 interviews with people associated from the show and the original movies. At this point, I've talked to every single, or I've talked to at least one person from each of all four installments of the uh, original Karate Kid movie. So if, if you're a fan of that universe, uh, check out Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. Nice. Well, Pete, you know I, you know I'm a big fan of yours, man, and I love everything you do, and it's always a treat when you come back on the Peas, brother. So I hope you you make it back here again soon. Okay? I hope so too. Tough turf, man. Yeah. Oh man. All right, Pete. Uh, I'm Likewise. a big fan of yours, brother. Thanks for being here. And guys, until next week, we'll be back with another top five and another right, P on thanks. the pod. Everyone, be Pete, well. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.